Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. There are five days until November 7th. Uh, this week, we are looking at the Lieutenant Go- Governor debate. Uh, Doug is going to do a deep dive into Robbie Mills, that uh, unsavory character who got stomped by Jacqueline Coleman uh, earlier this week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some craft, coal, cash contributions. Uh, and then we got an interview with two kick-ass members of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, Kenneth Williamson and Kenny Jenkins, get their report on the work that KFTC is doing to help our state improve its electoral outcomes next week, five days. Uh, then we're going to check in with Adriel Camuel, who is running in the special election for the 93rd House District. Uh, we're going to meet her over in the campaign corner to hear how the campaign is going. Uh, and then finally, we're going to close out with a call to action. Uh, but first, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Uh, are you are, are you sick of the political ads yet? Uh, the who's who's softer on crime? It's amazing how many ads are just really accusing one or the other of being soft. Everyone apparently is soft on crime. All of the candidates for every position, from ag commissioner on up, apparently they're all soft on crime. Is what I'm learning from the ads that I've been watching. Uh, we're also learning that Andy Bashir is Joe Biden's running mate. Uh, and that they're in cahoots to turn your kid transgender. Uh, Andy Bashir hates churches. Uh, folks, these ads have one goal. They want to convince you to stay home instead of supporting the candidate that you were leaning towards. This is not exactly a great strategy for our democracy. And that's why Progress Kentucky is very excited to be a part of the Kentucky Future Project to build that political coalition of new voters, of progressive voters, and non-white voters who can kind of come together to make our commonwealth better. We are working with great groups like Planned Parenthood, Hood to the Holler, many others to turn out the new Kentucky majority, achieve those electoral outcomes that we really want to see for a a Commonwealth that's moving forward, not backward. So if you want to support those efforts, please make a donation. Uh, Head to our secure ActBlue website, $5, $50, $500. It all adds up. It's going to give us the resources we need to make a positive difference over the next five days. Uh, All right. So let's check in with our co-host. Let us know who you are, where you are. And what does your protest sign say today, right? Protest sign. Why do we ask for a protest sign uh, as a kind of little entry uh, icebreaker? Uh, Because we are not some like talking heads show on the interwebs. We are a digital demonstration for a more progressive Kentucky folks. And if you're going to show up at a demonstration, you should uh, bring a protest sign. Uh, So I'm Aaron. I'm coming to you from Childsburg. Beautiful, beautiful deed restricted community uh, full of vinyl siding. In, uh, in the outskirts of Lexington. And I guess my sign, uh, my sign is actually, I'm, I'm pulling a, a card out of the Doug playbook uh, and uh, I am wearing my sign. My sign says, can you see this? Can you see this? Uh, my sign says, uh, Andy for Kentucky. Uh, it's not just a catchy uh, song by NATO. Uh, it's also a shirt that I could buy on the Andy Bashir website. So uh, I'm all in for Andy. Hope you are too. If you're not, why don't you just actually change the YouTube channel or whatever? Because I don't, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, if you or if you're an undecided voter, and you haven't made up your mind. What's wrong with you? And how did you find us? <laughs> um, so, uh, at any rate, now let's turn to uh, my co-host, uh, the ever-prepared Doug Price. Oh my goodness! I used to be a Boy Scout, and a uh, Boy Scout. One of the tenets was be prepared. So maybe that has uh, stayed with me. I'm wearing a little bit of a sign, but also I have a another sign I'm going to hold up that says, go vote. Don't stay home. Be engaged. People, we have to vote. Oh, I forgot where I'm from and all that stuff. I, I didn't want Aaron to think that I was going to skip over the fact that I'm going to talk about Cynthiana, Harrison County. Uh, in Cynthiana on November 3rd, 4th, and 10th, and 11th, the Ross Theater is putting on a, uh, a live play titled The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. So uh, my wife and I are going on November 3rd. So if you want to check into it, just uh, type in Ross Theater, Cynthiana, Kentucky, and come visit Cynthiana. Back to you, Aaron. Shakespeare. Shakespeare and Cynthiana. I tell you what, it is the, the pinnacle of, uh, of culture. Um, and, you know, in, in Cynthiana. Uh, so, Doug, thank you so much for putting in a plug. It'd been a minute since I'd heard much uh, positive about Cynthiana. I was wondering if you'd cooled to the community or if just there wasn't much going on there. 
or maybe the uh, chamber of commerce got a hold of you and said, Hey, Doug, we don't need the help. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I appreciate it. Certainly. <laughs> All right. So um, we, it's just the two of us uh, tonight. Usually we have a third co-host, but I'm just going to give a quick shout out. Kimberly uh, Cecil Jones leaving us in the lurch because apparently Apparently, hanging out with the governor is cooler than hanging out with us. I don't know. So I know there's a lot of things going on right now. There's a, a cool bus event in Louisville, which is fantastic. Uh, we've got Ginger uh, with us. Fantastic from Western Kentucky, Hopkins County. I know a bit about Hopkins County. Uh, and her sign says, Daniel Cameron, wrong for Tucky. A lot of ease there. Uh, I don't, I'll be honest. I know a little bit about Western Kentucky because I have been to Hopkins County, but I don't know what Tucky is. So is that a city? That's just saying Kentucky in a very Tucky. Tucky. Oh, Kentucky. Jeez. Yikes. Uh, and then Sandy Downs uh, is the last poor York. I don't know if that's his protest sign or if he just he's feeling the uh, feeling the vibe from Cynthiana's uh, culture. All right. Um Let's go ahead and get into the news stories because we do have two, pe uh, three people we're going to talk to over the course of this show. So, uh, Doug, if we get through the news quicker, it won't just be you and I anymore, and people will have a, uh, a reprieve from just you and I uh, giving them the show. Well, I understand that, but but I have to jump in here. I grew up in Hopkins County. We'll have to talk about that sometime. I want to know, were you in jail or uh, political <laughs> event or what was it? So yeah, we will catch up on Hopkins County in the future. Okay. All right. Tonight, my article is in the form of news and commentary and includes a parting comment from our very own Nima Brewer. I've watched the one and only Lieutenant Governor candidate debate between Lieutenant Governor Jacqueline Coleman and Senator Robbie Mills. First, let me state that I'm not a fan of Mills. We mail back and forth on a little ditty I wrote, and either my communication skills are deficient or his understanding skills are non-existent. That's a personal observation. Let's start with why Mills was chosen to be Cameron's running mate. I would love to be an insider and be able to find out the why Mills was chosen. Also, I wonder how many phone calls it took to find someone who was willing to run with Cameron. Perhaps since he supports vouchers, is a staunch defender of coal, is anti-trans, and or had close ties to Joe and Kelly Kraft, did that play a role? Or is it selected to, due to his ability to raise money in the Henderson area? Well, in the latest uh, Kentucky Registry of Election Finance report, Cameron received less than $1,000 from three folks, and one of those was indirectly my boss at one time. From the Kentucky Lantern, throughout the debate, Coleman, who was elected to her position with the share in 2019, repeated much of what the governor has said while running for re-election and highlighted the administration's support for public education and accomplishments in economic development. On the other side, Mills, who is from Henderson in Western Kentucky, reflected Cameron's plans, such as working closely with the state legislature to enact conservative policies and catching students up from learning loss experience during the coronavirus pandemic. They discussed education, energy, public safety, and more during the debate. Here are some of the highlights from the debate. Mill seemingly is a master of several things. He talked about education in restaurant terms, referring to his suggestions as items from the menu, like you can order those things up. Also, he stated that if Cameron was elected, the General Assembly would help him pass bills. Seemingly, the Republican-controlled legislature only wants to work with a Republican governor. But actually, they work for the people and not a certain set of we the people. They work for all of us. But he's elected because of his oratory skills. I would suggest watching the replay of the KET debate and your answer should be very apparent. Here's a link to recommend a reading from the Louisville Courier Journal on who is Robbie Mills. 
He sponsored the 2022 legislation to ban transgender girls and women from playing on men's sports teams. He sponsored a bill to make hazing a class D felony, a bill to prohibit schools from deducting union dues from paychecks, and he passed legislation that made it more difficult for utility companies to shut down coal-fired power plants. And apparently he is, he is also a climate specialist or a, a scientist maybe even. Here's a quote. I believe that there are effects that industry puts forward that could raise the temperature, but it's not as large of a raise as they're talking about. So in my opinion, he is either ignorant or only wanting to protect the coal industry. Perhaps this is a good time to report that Joe and Kelly Kraft donated 2,000 each to Senator Mills in 2022, and Joe gave an additional 2,000 to the Henderson County Republican Party. I want to end with trying to answer the why he was selected to Cameron be Cameron's running mate. My best guess is that Mills is from coal country and may help Cameron with the Western Kentucky vote as he represents Henderson, Hopkins, Union, and Webster. Gaining votes in those counties are important in the overall election landscape. Plus, I guess he may have some great contacts within the Republican-controlled legislature. Lastly, when talking about this debate, perhaps Nima said it best. For those of you who have watched our show, Nima is one of us. From X, formerly known as Twitter, this is what Nima wrote. Has anyone done a wellness check on Robin Mills this morning? Because what I witnessed last night on the KET debate looked to me like I need to report a blank whooping in the woodshed. And then she ended with, at Lieutenant Governor Coleman is undefeated now in debates. You don't want this smoke. Back to you, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I love Nima. Uh, so glad that she's a part of our uh, our network. And yeah, if you don't follow Nima on Twitter, you should, because, you know, we only get her like once a month or so, but you get her every day on Twitter. Cause I will not call it anything but Twitter. Uh, all right. So yeah, Mills is kind of a, uh, an idiot. Uh, and also is somebody who just, you know, goes to bat for coal, despite the fact that, you know, more people in Kentucky work in EV battery manufacturing than in coal mining, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely something that he has a, a track record of, you know, putting himself in the middle of things that he shouldn't be in the middle of. Climate science, absolutely one of those. Uh, you know, a doctor's office is the other thing he should not be putting himself in the middle of. But absolutely, these uh, Republican, uh, you know, jerks i'll just say jerks because i'm it's a polite family show uh you know they they feel like they should be in the doctor's office uh and telling you what the doctor can uh you know can tell you uh and you know he's just another one of them uh, i do think your question about you know how he got the nod is very interesting right i just feel like he had to go pretty low down the list to get to Robbie Mills, if you're looking at the kind of Republican landscape in Kentucky, uh, although let's just be honest, it's kind of a thankless job being the lieutenant governor. Right? Like, if you have any political aspirations of your own, I don't know that you're like, oh yeah, lieutenant governor. That's that's my stepping stone. Uh, especially you know, Cameron's a young guy. If he win, if he wins, you're like definitely there's another term, uh, and then I guess you're like poised. I, I don't know. I think perhaps maybe the difference might be uh, compare the Bashir Coleman um, working together and Coleman, I think, was secretary of one of the cabinets early on. And then think about Bevan and uh, his running mate. I can't recall her name right now, but I think at uh, some point he fired her, Bevan fired her whole staff. And, um, you know, is Cameron going to be like that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that did not seem like a, a, a positive working relationship. 
Uh, is it, was it Jean? Somebody can Google it. And <laughs> like, it's sad that we don't remember her name, but you know, it does also, and she got more headlines than most Lieutenant governors, right? Cause, uh, because of that controversy. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, interesting question. Uh, all right. So we got another story we're going to roll into. This one is about the, uh, the Kraft family riches. Uh, and where Kelly and Joe Kraft have been spending their money. This uh, story comes to us from The Lantern. Uh, and this is, uh, it's interesting, right? So she, you know, Kelly Kraft ran for governor because uh, she had the clear uh, expertise of being the ambassador to Canada, you know, in absentia. It wasn't really there very much. She didn't show up to the job very often. Uh, mostly she got that job. And then the UN uh, ambassador, I think, because Joe Kraft, made prolific donations uh, to uh, key politicians, right? So, you know, she got the, the nod because uh, they donated a ton of money to, to Trump, right? A million dollars to his uh, inauguration fund. And that is like the biggest slush fund of all political contributions as the inauguration fund. Um, you know, she, uh, she gave the maximum to Trump, gave to Associated Trump packs really had been a long time supporter, uh, you know, uh, of, of Trump. Right. And by long time, I mean, you know, as soon as he became a viable candidate, they started throwing money at him to make sure they had uh, access and influence. And clearly they did. She got a couple of cool jobs out of it. Uh, you know, Joe Kraft got, you know, his pro coal agenda moved through the Trump administration. Not that it mattered because, you know, it's not about politics with, with coal. It's really about, you know, um, the, the economics of the uh, of the fuel. Uh, so at any rate, uh, despite all that history, if we recall, uh, they invited him to hang out with them at the Derby. Trump came to the Derby, hung out with the Crafts for a second, and then came back to the state, I think, pretty promptly to endorse Dan Cameron. Or no, I think he just did. He didn't even show up to the state. He just like did the uh, a full-throated endorsement of Dan Cameron, uh, which I got to imagine there were some curse words said in the Kraft mansion, whichever one they were in, the Oklahoma one, the Kentucky one, wherever they were. I got to imagine they got news of that full-throated endorsement of Dan Cameron after the millions of dollars they had put into Trump uh, and Trump's political initiatives, they were pissed. Uh, and I think that is a safe assumption because now we're seeing the reporting of who they're supporting now. There are political contributions to be made. Joe and Kelly Kraft remain uh, you know, committed to those Republican, pro I mean, pro-coal corporate causes. I don't think they really have much in terms of actual views uh but they have given the maximum donation the six thousand six hundred dollars uh to mike pence did not work mike pence has just dropped out uh they gave the maximum to chris christie who i think that might be the only money he's raised i don't know uh maybe the you know the small dollar donations to people who really want to make sure he's on the deb debate stage um and then also uh ron DeSantis. Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, uh, and then they gave uh, half as much to Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, who uh, who ended his campaign quite a while ago. But yeah, so you know whose name is not on that list <laughs> is Donald Trump. I love this story. I love this story so much because it's clear that as much as they are there for the you know the Republican politics, they definitely remember the slight and are absolutely pissed off at Trump, uh, which I thought was like fairly inartful. Not that that's like shocking. And so, you know, Trump is like the political sledgehammer. He doesn't really like, you know, doesn't do nuance. It's like, huh, I wonder one of my biggest funders, his wife is running for <laughs> running for governor. Should I play this smooth? Should I be slick here? Nah, I'm just going to come right in for Dan Cameron. Uh, and then uh, the best will be uh, when Dan Cameron loses, uh, that, you know, he's just like cut off his nose to, to spite his face, right? Like dries up all sorts of money because we all know that Trump's not really a billionaire. He absolutely needs the money uh, to do his political shenanigans. So uh, just, just so, just so dumb. <laughs> So dumb. Um, but hey, 
Dan Cameron gets to tout that endorsement in his political ads because he's got him. He's right there. Yeah. The former attorney general or the current attorney general for the great state of Kentucky. Uh, the guy who is our chief law enforcement order uh, officer proudly touting the endorsement of a man who's been indicted on what? 95 criminal counts or something insane like that. <clears throat> Soon to be former Nate. Yes, that was a slip of the tongue there. Five days, hopefully. Uh, that's not the way it works, but uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, at any rate, that's. I just, Doug. I don't know. Do you? I mean, I know you're a a, a big mover and shaker in the political world. You make a lot of six thousand dollar donations to a lot of politicians, so you you can provide some uh, unique insights probably to this story. But uh, what do you think about it? Oh yes, those sixty-six uh, hundred dollar donations. They get double when my wife joins me, so it's thirteen thousand two hundred, or something like that. I think that's that the math works. Sure. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of hard to figure. Um, Trump is I don't know. Trump is Trump, and anybody who gets his endorsement, they have to realize that that's just what it was at that time. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention when uh, Kelly Craft conceded to Cameron, I remember her saying, uh, wait, there's going to be more coming or something to that effect. And that hasn't happened yet. I, I don't really think that she is the kind of person that would be interested in being, being the one to replace McConnell, be a senator, because I think that takes too much work. Uh, and I know being a governor, I'm not slighting the fact that uh, our governor, and particularly Andy, has had a really tough time over the last three and a half years. But when you're a senator, you're really, and you're shielded a lot. You get to come back home like McConnell does, um, talking about giving money for the Brick Spence Bridge when really he was against funding, but, you know, he's there. Andy Barr is always there when money is handed out, even though he may have voted against the, the bill that provided that money. Um, so, you know, people with money, they, they try to buy what they can buy. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the news, Aaron, recently, there's a, a senator, I think, who is proposing limitations on monetary contributions by corporations. You know, the first politician who came out and said, oh, we can't do that. Who said we can't limit donations to corporations? Yeah. That was Mitt Romney, right? You know, he didn't, not the first, like a lot of them believe, Mitch is the guy, right? Who really like, who desperately hates campaign finance reform. Uh, but Romney Mitch said corporations are people, right? So Yeah, yeah, well, I think, my point is uh, there is a senator that's talking about trying to roll that back to where corporations, you know, are not people and uh, can't make those kind of donations. And Mitch McConnell came out very quickly and said, oh, no, we can't have that. So, no, and that's how, you know, that's how Mitch built his power, right? It's being a, was being a, a terribly effective fundraiser. And, you know, that's what, um, Kevin, uh, former Speaker of the House, uh, you, know, you know, that's how he really gained influence. He was a really effective fundraiser uh, and able to put those the the resources around to help build and and maintain a you know a very tentative uh, narrow majority. And you know that's this the new guy, Mike Johnson, like <laughs> uh, you know, not a fundraiser. Not like so. We'll see who's who's got the right path to power there. Um, but it is obviously the amount of cash that it takes to run these campaigns is insane, right? I mean, the fact that it takes millions of dollars to run for Congress. Who who puts money in the political campaigns at that level? Oh yeah, it's a guy who owns a bunch of coal mines, right? And it has a clear agenda. It's not you and me. Right. It's not just folks who care passionately about political outcomes like you can't afford to just because every year or two, there's a new batch of politicians who need your money. And, you know, the only reason you'd be dumping that much money into our political system is if you get something out of it. Right. 
and so, you know, I just think, you know, campaign finance reform is critically important. Obviously, the Supreme Court has been horrible on the issues. Early, earlier Supreme Courts were also horrible. So, these, you know, I can't imagine what we get out of this Supreme Court if we ever got a campaign finance reform law yeah. taken in front of them. I don't think we'd want to. Right. I think we need to see some changes in the Supreme Court. But, yeah, that kind of corporations are people garbage argument. And then earlier, like that money is speech. Right. You can't regulate money uh, in political uh, conversations because that's speech. That's that was an earlier finding. Buckley Vallejo. So there's there's a ton of bad Supreme Court precedent that does not make it easy for us to limit the amount of money in our political process, right? So, uh, and, but I do think the crafts are a great example of why we should. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna move on. We are, uh, we're a, a little bit somehow, just two of us uh, burned a lot of time. Uh, so we're gonna move in to our chat uh, with our friends from Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. Uh, if you are not familiar with Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, you are probably, not watching this show from Kentucky. Uh, uh, but if you are watching this show from Kentucky and you don't know who they are, you need to check them out. They're the kind of long-term kind of uh, progressive power-building organization. They've done an amazing amount of work to really uh, engage the uh, folks uh, and make things better in our Commonwealth. Uh, truly uh, an amazing group. And really just all about organizing and engaging community members and helping you know do the work of uh of, of fixing our state so they are you know the 800 pound gorilla in you know kind of progressive community-based organizing in kentucky for sure we you know we watch with with awe what they're able to put together uh for sure uh and uh this week we're really excited to have on with us uh, a couple of their great members kenneth williamson and kenny jenkins uh, who have been engaged in the, some of their uh, their their direct uh, political uh, election work? So, uh, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, all right, how are y'all doing this evening? I'm doing great. All right. So, hey, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Kenny. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about how you got involved uh, with KFTC, and then we'll turn to Kenneth. Sure. Okay, so my name, thanks, first of all, Aaron and Doug? Doug, yeah. Okay, thanks for having us on. And um, I got involved. I'm an impacted person. I'm a person um, with a felony in my past, and I kind of liked the work that I saw and heard about through another good friend and uh, co a colleague at KFTC, um, Tana Fogle. She's also a councilwoman. But anyway, she I liked the work that she was doing, and she had a similar story in terms of her background. And I knew I had made a, a mistake, just like, she had in our, my younger years, and I kind of wanted uh, to beat the recidivism um, st statistical thing that, you know, that uh, Daniel Cameron is always griping about. I knew I didn't want to be a part of that. So when I observed KFTC uh, doing the, the work that they do, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. And so... Um, yeah, that's how I got involved. That's great. So yeah, uh, so you got your voting rights back. You got you kind of inspired by that work and wanted to keep doing it. Uh, that's great. Kenneth, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Kenneth Williams, and I'm from Christian County, Kentucky. And uh, just like Kenneth, Kenny Jenkins, I'm sorry, uh, my story is, is similar. Uh, my girlfriend, Cinnamon Watts, was doing the work, and uh, she informed me that I had my right back to vote and uh, pointed me in the direction of KFTC because of the work that they were doing. And that's how I got kind of hooked over KFTC. And uh, they gave me a chance to get three voices like mine that were, wasn't free at first. That's awesome. 
So yeah, tell us a little about the work you guys have been doing. So I know, you know, I got a I got something in the mail from KMTC, the very helpful mailer that showed who the candidates were and you know their positions on a bunch of different issues. So that seems like really valuable, you know, kind of uh, getting that information into people's uh, mailboxes. Uh, what else are you guys working on? Okay, would you like to start off, Kenneth? Yeah, well, we we do a lot of stuff. Uh, we are getting petitions signed. Uh, whether it be for economics, racial justice, uh, voting rights, uh, LGBTQ communities, and a lot more. We, we, we got a broad spectrum of things and rights that we fight for here at KFTC. Awesome. Uh, so, Kenny, how about you? What's that work look like? You know, we're in the, as I said, the final kind of, it's crunch time. We just got exactly. five days left between now and the election. What are you exactly. guys focused on? Yes, exactly. So as you just mentioned, pre-voter registration deadline has came and gone October the 10th. So now our focus is more, but I'd like to add that our preliminary numbers from that, um, we got over 7,500 uh, ID voters, people ID'd, and then we read, we actually registered over 2,000 over 20,020 voters, I'm reading this wrong, over 2,020 voters were uh, registered and then up 195 volunteerships. So in addition to that, we also received over 1,600 um, support supporters through our door work our door-to-door -door canvassing work and other sources that we have not yet collated but um that's one and then of course the democracy champions uh that's what kenny and i are uh what kind of drew us in but that work is where we have went into some of like five jails in uh kentucky uh, advocating and registering pre, excuse me, <clears throat> pre-trial uh, people that are in jail. We have, um, we kind of worked that pilot program out this year where we were able to go into uh, the Commonwealth's jails and register people, which was unprecedented. And I just, I'd, I'd like to really highlight the work that we did in that respect because that that was awesome it would it kind of like set the stage for a lot of the people who are not going further into the system to to not miss their opportunity to vote uh just because they're tied up in the system for that period so that's that's vital work and then of course um after I mean, we got, we do so much, but the last few days right now, so that part is over as well, um, going in, into the, doing the jail work through the democracy project. Now what we're doing and our focus is in particular is phone banking and just getting out our voter registration um, guides, which will tell a give information on the candidates stances uh give information on uh, frequently asked questions from uh, kftc members and just people in general so yeah, we have a lot of i mean we we have a lot more but i don't want to talk tell it all i'm gonna let ken ken us share some of the work and some of the ways that he liked to spend the last five days and just to kind of piggyback off that a little bit, we've been really, really pushing early voting. We want Kentuckians to take uh, 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 take that opportunity to get out there and do it very early and, you know, have hands and stuff go along and just make it more. So we've been really, really pushing that over the last few days and also been delivering a lot of voter guides to Kentuckians in uh, low-income neighborhoods to have them familiar with the candidates and the candidate stances also. So it's been a real push for that. And we will continue to push that on up until November the 7th. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, so that kind of, that work to bank the votes ahead of time, voting, uh, early voting happens 
starting uh well depending on when you're listening to this it's thursday friday and saturday so three days of uh kind of excuse free uh you don't have to have a reason and you just show up and vote uh i know in in lex the lexington area there's i think four locations uh 8 30 a.m to 4 30 p.m uh friday or thursday friday and saturday at the north side library the east side library the tate's creek library and the Lexington Senior Center, that's in Fayette County. So there's four locations. Every county has different, you know, availability or different uh, places to go. So you need to check that out. Uh, GoVote.ky.gov, I believe. Um, uh, but maybe there's a different website that you guys would, would recommend folks find that information at. I don't know, uh, Kenneth or Kenny. That is, uh, that's the correct, that's the correct website. And just for context, folks here at Christian County, uh, the locations will be the James Bruce Convention Center, uh, the Senior Center Center, and the Walnut Street Center. Those are the three locations that we have here for early voting in Christian County. Christian County. All right. And Kenny, again, remind me where you are, Kenny. What what, what county are you at? I'm in Lexington, the same as you. And, um, and I think that our locations, I know one of, one of the locations will be at my church, which is Shiloh Baptist Church. And then I think another one will be at Consolidated Baptist Church. And I'm not sure about the other two. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, but go vote.ky.gov to find them out. Um, and then so I should have mentioned that. We have a question in the in the comments. Nate was uh, interested in how that works. How are reg how do you register people in jail? I know that Kentucky has got some like outdated rules about you know, if you've been convicted of a crime, you, you lose your voting rights and you have to petition to get them back or the, the governor has to give them back to you. I don't know. It's it's a little bit confusing. But so explain so, that to us, could you? So uh, uh, the governor executive uh, had an executive order in 2019 restoring the rights to over 170,000 Kentuckians with felony in their past. And uh, some did not make the cut, let's say that. And so those are the folks we fight for. Now, when we talk about jail, registration registering jail voters they are pre-trial so they haven't quite went through the process yet so they're still eligible to vote uh we were unsuccessful in getting into the jails down here in western kentucky in christian county jail and hopkins county jail so uh the folks like kenny jenkins and then that have done the work up that way in lexington and fayette county and stuff like that they are pretty much setting the precedent for what comes for me so i'll let kenny tell you how they navigated the course in the jail there. Thank you, Kenneth. And with with that, I'll just take it and, and dive right in. First of all, that's an excellent question. I actually asked that question myself. Uh, but this is how we do it. This is how it's determined. Uh, if first thing you have to, one of the first criteria is that you must meet nonviolent, not have a felon, felony and not have one pending and those are i said one thing but that's actually three and then the, the cherry on top is if you don't get out in time for the election then you're not eligible now if you meet all four of those criteria the uh you'll be out in time you don't have a felony uh, and the other ones that i mentioned if you are eligible then what we would do is we would work along with the staff normally generally it's inmate services and they would go through uh the list they would compile a list of the people that were eligible in each pod and that's how we would we would meet with those individuals we would go over it and confirm that they were eligible, didn't have any pending uh, situations in other states or any of that. And once we got through all that, the only thing we needed to do was have them fill out the registration card. Um, the issue that we ran into, however, and we are trying to, because this is a pilot program, and we are trying to work through the kinks one of the kinks that we ran into were, was early voting, absentee voting, rather, you know. Um, if they're in jail and it's it's a requirement that 
it was some red tape where by them being in jail, not it, but by them being in jail, they're not allowed to do certain things. They're not allowed to check, to use a computer for once. So everything, those type of things, while they're under uh, DOC, Department of Corrections care, they have to um, have a family member or a trusted friend bring those to them. And sometimes it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of hard work. And then, of course, they have to be out in time. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting short of breath. They have to be out in time for the um, actual election. And so it's real tedious and time and time consuming. And if they don't have access to the Internet, it could be troublesome. So that's one kink that we're trying to see if we can get some type of um computer or device inside of the jail that would remain in the inmate service offices or something that they could just check uh, once they were, you know, if they, they're eligible or their status prior to getting out. And then the other um, obstacle uh, was pretty much another um, situation that I feel like could be if with a little thought can be um, solved and it is like I was saying the absentee ballot the absentee ballot is most certainly the biggest and most at this it's the stamps because they don't want to supply the stamps and that was another argument I remember as I mentioned real quick I'm a person, an impacted person. So I remember when years ago when I was in jail, if you were indigent, they would provide stamps, an envelope, and so forth. Well, when we were doing the project democracy work, it was not, to my understanding, they no longer do that. So Mm -hmm. we are trying to, and it's against the law for us to do it as a nonprofit KFTC. So we're trying to work that kink out as to how they can get uh, postage. So we really only faced two obstacles, and that was like just based on policy and procedure of the jail. So yeah, it, it's very meaningful work. Uh, that's really yeah, that is important. I think is it Vermont maybe uh, maybe that where they actually do let folks who are in jail vote, and they will bring you know you, you can vote from jail. Uh, you know I think most are, of our states are. Uh, I'm sorry, Kenneth, you're saying. I want to say Vermont and Maine, maybe. And Maine. Uh, yeah, not the South. Not uh, not uh, not Kentucky, which, again, some of the most restrictive rules uh, in the country. You don't automatically get it back, right? Well, so I think there's a lot to do there. I think we, we really do appreciate to have our rights back to vote. You know what I mean? Especially for me, uh, when I got the right back to vote in 2020, that was the first time I ever voted in my life, Okay. And I was born in 1977, so uh, I participated in the last three elections, and uh, I just feel so great about that. And now it's like it's on me to help other folks that are wearing my shoes get their right back to vote. You know what I mean? I, I really take that fight very, very seriously. It's purposeful. It's very purposeful. It gives us, it, like Kenny, I'm a piggyback off of what he said. It does give you purpose, and it gives you uh, – it's just um, character building because finally you're doing something. Um, I feel that is like I mentioned all the time, purposeful and we're giving back and we're trying to be a light and show the people who are disenfranchised and have a similar story as us that you don't have to, no matter how many doors shut, as long as somebody give you opportunity, like Kenneth said, that KFTC did with us and put us to work and asked us to be representatives of the change that we want to see. I mean, that's what we try and do. That's how that's where we get that's where we get our energy. Nice. It's wonderful. It's great to see. I'm glad you guys are engaged with that fight. You found something you're, you know, you're passionate about. You got a, a deep personal connection to, um, you know, do you have any, uh, you know, thoughts about kind of what else, you know, KFTC will be doing in the future? I mean, 2024 and beyond, what are y'all, what are y'all up to? 
Well, recently we had over 100 members come together a while back and kind of charted out what the organization would be looking like in the next 10 years. And they wrote this uh, audacious goal. And I'll read it to you. It's uh, guided by Black and Indigenous people of color and impacted communities. We will recruit, equip, and activate a network of 100,000 members and partners across 120 counties to dismantle them in all systems to develop a robust democracy and transform the future of Kentucky. Uh, and uh, like bring people to the General Assembly to lobby on issues we care about, uh, weighing in on big elections next year, going deep on grassroots organizing, build more leadership development. That uh, That's the direction we're headed in. More volunteers, everything. <laughs> awesome. That's great. That's what I'm saying, you know, we don't like the way things are now. So what is it going to take? It's going to take more, right? We have to do more than what's happening now if we're going to make that change and get a commonwealth yeah. that you know really reflects the the values, you know, whether it's making sure everyone has access to the ballot, uh, whether it's making sure everyone has access to the kind of health care they need, whether folks have access to support uh, if they need it. Uh, absolutely uh, great stuff and so glad that you know you guys are involved with KFTC and thank you for sharing your stories and your passion and your your work with us. Thank you so much and I wanted to before I leave I wanted to add that Kentucky we can take pride as being the first state to implement a program like this so it's pretty cool. <laughs> Kenny, I concur. Uh, absolutely pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, so that is uh, our quick check-in uh, with the folks from KFTC uh, uh, and really glad to have um, uh, Kenneth Williamson and Kenny Jenkins uh, representing uh, the important work of really like hundreds of volunteers and, and great folks with KFTC. So uh, thank you both so much. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, uh, nice show. So Wait. yeah, please check, go to their website. They do a ton of stuff. Uh, and you know their their voting work, I think, is clearly very important and very impressive. You probably got one of their mailers. You know the very great. You know laying out the candidate surveys for your area, candidate surveys for the statewide offices. Uh, you know the candidates that are willing to fill them out. Uh, so uh, really uh, good stuff there. Very insightful and uh, happy to be uh, collaborating and partnering with them for the Kentucky Future Project. So, um, so Doug, any thoughts? I'm sorry. Uh, any, any, any uh, voting information you want to share with us? Um, sure. A couple things first. I, I want to. I know that Kenny and Kenneth have left, but uh, they're doing amazing work, and I really appreciate it. And I, when I was canvassing recently, I ran into a young man who has lost his voting rights and uh, he's not eligible to get those back just yet, but I hope to contact him in January when he may be eligible and maybe I can connect him with Kenny and, and Kenneth and uh, they can, they can help him get through that. Um, the voting things, I just happened to run across a website today, the mail-in applications, uh, there were over 54,000 uh, mail-in voting applications that had been sent out and uh, 32,300 of those were to registered Democrats and 18,600 were registered Republicans. So there were more Democrats who requested that type of uh, balloting. And most of those have been, uh, most of those have been returned. But remember, remember, Kentucky Democrats don't necessarily look like Democrats <laughs> uh, everywhere else. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's a good point, though. That's great that people are taking advantage of it and are, uh, you know, uh, are going to vote at their at their leisure. Right. And not right. have to go hit the time, you know, because we've got some of the worst hours of voting in the country. Right. Six a.m. I mean, I wouldn't encourage them starting earlier. That seems challenging but 6 p.m is such a an early time to close the polls uh yeah. so yeah yeah having that kind of mail-in option is is absolutely a, a great way to avoid any challenges there i do also have some figures on uh 
um, Robbie Mills district. Oh yeah. That I thought were interesting. The, um, the current figures, uh, there's about 45, almost 46,000 Democrats registered and 34,000 Republicans. And of that 79,000 voters, um, are actually 100 or 80,000 voters, approximately 35,000 voted. So depending on the turnout, uh, it's hard to tell, but that may be the primary reason that Mills was chosen other than the four or five before him turned it down. <laughs> we think. We don't know for sure. We we are, yeah, we are conjecture corner over we here. All right. Yeah. So we are going to move on. Uh, we do have Adriel Camiel uh, joining us. Adriel, who's been on the show before, uh, she is continuing her hard work to win the 93rd uh, State House District, uh, which of course uh, is you know, tragically vacant. Our friend Lamine Swan uh, tragically passed away uh, months ago, uh, but Adriel has been working hard to get the word out in that district about her candidacy. One of the few, you know, State House races that you, know, you can vote on uh, in November. Uh, well, uh, next week, five days away. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to check in with her. So Adriel, thank you so much for for coming on and joining us. Hi, thank you all for having me on. And I, like, I'm so sorry that I was late. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It, well, it I also feel like I should just go ahead and say it right now. There might go be ahead. people who are like, I watched last week. I thought you were going to be on. And where was she? It was not Adriel's fault. Aaron was like off working and had like thought maybe he'd done what he needed to do for the thing to happen. And he did not. He, I'm, I'm saying it in the third person, so maybe you won't know that it was me. Nobody knows. Nobody totally knows. dropped the ball and did not give Adriel the link. And Adriel like texted me. Uh, I was like in the middle of a bunch of stuff and didn't see it for like hours later. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> oopsie. that's the problem. <laughs> that was an oopsie. <laughs> so where are you, Adriel? What's going on? Well, I am standing outside West 6th right now um, because the amazing, incredible Silas. Sorry, I was. I was moving a notification off my screen. Um, the amazing Silas House is in here speaking right now about, well, he's, oh my gosh, he's amazing and I love him. <laughs> Just, I'm always enamored when I see him, um, but really like kind of kicking things off and talking about the importance of voting and, you know, Kentucky, like literally he said it so well early on, like we are absolutely worth fighting for. Like we can love Kentucky, we can love Kentuckians, lifelong Kentuckian here, and we can be frustrated by us. Um, but we are worth fighting for. So democracy will win here. That's awesome. Uh, so I yeah, love, so I love West Sixth. I love West Sex and I love uh, Silas House. So yeah. I wish I could be there, but I uh, had a show to put together. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> do uh, tell us a little bit about how the final push is looking. What are people saying to you out on the streets? I know you're knocking on a ton of doors. What, what's the response? We, been? we are knocking a ton of doors. Um, this past weekend, we surpassed 12,000 doors knocked. Uh, we should have 14,000 doors knocked by Friday. Um, and then then we're actually going to fold into the governor's um, GOTV. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what the numbers will look like then for the 93rd. Um, but I have to, like, my the team, this team is incredible. Like, their dedication and willingness to get out, have the conversations, meet people literally where they're at. But at the doors, you know, the absolute number one topic, and I experienced this tonight, knocking in Heartland. Uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a pretty red um, precinct in my in the ninety third. Um, but time and again, it was Republican women asking what my number one priority was and where do I stand on women's reproductive rights, um, the ability to um, access full the full spectrum of reproductive rights. Um, is number one in my district. Um, it is what people care about the most. Second most important thing they want to talk about is making sure that we fully fund um, public education. They understand the value of it and that it's under attack. But by and large tonight, I, most of the doors I ended up knocking before I came here uh, were Republicans, uh, men and women. And I walked away from more doors with them telling me they were voting for me as well as the whole Democratic ticket. Uh, than not. So it is um, making sure that women have a choice, but also that we get full medical care, health care is a huge, I mean, 
they want to talk about it. So, but it's, it's going exceptionally well. Last, last weekend, um, actually I've gotten several, several conversations with letters from people who are either registered Republicans or registered independents saying, you know, that they actually, you know, don't love leadership on either side, but I've had two letters where they said that I give them hope. Um, and so what, what I see that as is they understand the gravity of what some of the legislation, the impact it's had on us. Um, and I, you know, I saw some statistics the other day and I, it made the paper and I'm so sorry because I'm standing outside on the quietest part of the street. Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, Kentucky has the second highest rate, uh, uh, second highest maternal mortality rate in the nation. We have 72 counties that don't have an OBGYN, and that is scaring people. Hi, you too. Take care. Um, <laughs> it's people are aware of the consequences of legislation, and they are looking for change and they're looking for a solution. Um, and I hope that I can be one of those voices. Sorry, that was a big long rant, but next question. Sorry. <laughs> Doug, do you have a question for Adriel? Uh, no, I don't really have a question. I just admire that uh, you were willing to step up and knock on all those doors. Progress Kentucky is in Lexington also knocking on doors and texting and calling people. And uh, we support you and we're oh, proud of you. And, and uh, we're looking forward to you being in the legislature. Thank you. I really, I hope I win on November 7th. I, we are, I'm giving it my all. I can tell you my team is giving it their all. Um, I, win or lose, we have literally put it all on the table. Um, it, it's, I, I wish everyone could see like the women, they're women and men, but most it's mostly women on this team, like what they are doing and, and how dedicated they are. Um, Cause I do, I work full time. And so when I'm at work, they are out there just like, like pounding the pavement, knocking the doors. It's, it's amazing. And it's humbling. It's so humbling. Yeah, that's awesome. And Doug's right. We have been out knocking on doors on the 93rd and we have made sure everyone knows that they have a special election. Uh, well, first we let them know there's an election and then we let them know there's a special election uh, and, and that they've got the unique opportunity to vote for their state house rep and, uh, you know, underscore that name that's right there on our flyer as well. So, uh, and yeah, it's a good one. Even if people don't know how to pronounce it, it's, you know, <laughs> they just need to recognize it on the ballot. And yeah. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> uh, uh, no, thank you all for getting out and knocking doors. Like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and what it means to me because it's not easy. But then at the end of the day, what I have found is it becomes fun, especially when people start to recognize you at the door or they recognize the face on the flyer or, you know, when they say, oh my gosh, like I've, I've looked you up. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of support out there. Um, I, I will say like, I did not think that I would ever meet the initial fundraising goal, which was $40,000. And we surpassed that, um, right now we're, we're a lot above it. Um, so I feel like there's still a lot of momentum in this race and there's a lot of support coming from a lot of places. So it's incredible. Well, that's wonderful. We'll keep it up. Uh, and you probably want to get in and hear Silas House wrapping up. But thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for throwing your hat in the ring and for fighting hard for a more engaged democracy. And let's send you to Frankfurt to work with Andy, not against Andy, uh, like the dumb, stupid major super majority they've got back there right now. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me come on. And I'm sorry that I was a little bit late. I just got caught up in the moment of the incredible Silas House. <laughs> We're no sauce. We're just going to put it right there. We're okay with that. <laughs> so, but no, seriously, thank you. And thank you. I mean, I can't say thank you. Just, I feel like I say it all the time and it just never does it justice, but thank you for helping me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for having me on. Well, you know, it's going to take all of us doing all we can, right? And, you know, not all of us have the the time and energy and inclination to run for office, but we can all do something to support those who do. Um, so, Adriel, thanks again. Thank you. I'll see you all soon. All right. So uh, that is, you know, mostly our show. We've done uh, done done a few things tonight. We've had an amazing conversation with folks who are fighting for voting rights with KFTC, Kenny and Kenneth uh, from all across the state, which was fantastic to hear. 
Uh, we don't, you know, uh, we don't hear enough from other sides of the state uh, in this show. Uh, we, we are a little bit central Kentucky centric. Um, and then, of course, Adriel Camuel uh, there in the 93rd district. Um, and then, uh, you know, we got a, a quick call to action uh, that I guess I'll, I'll do that. And then, uh, Doug, you can close this out. There's again, don't sit on the sidelines, people. We've got five days to finish the deal here. And I think there's a lot of people who feel like, you know, things are going in the right direction for Andy. Uh, but you know, I just was watching a little bit of news, uh, the local news, because my daughter uh, thought that maybe her school was going to be on the local news. So I watched the local news and it was attack ad after attack ad after attack ad, or, the Republican down ballot folks have enough money. They're on TV. Folks who are running for auditor, folks who are running for treasurer, folks who are running for ag commissioner, attorney general, they've all got money to be on TV, uh, urging folks to support the conservative uh, so they can fight Joe Biden or whatever. So it is definitely going to take a lot of work to, to win the folks that we think are the best uh, candidates for those, uh, those seats. Uh, all of whom have been on this show. So you can look back and see, but you know, we've had uh, Buddy Wheatley for Secretary of State. We've had uh, Pam, uh, Colonel Pam uh, Stevenson for uh, Attorney General. We've had her on a number of times. She thinks she comes on every time because she thinks it's her show because it's Colonels of Truth and she's in fact a, a Colonel. Uh, but you know, we've also had uh, Sierra uh, on the show. I think twice we've had Sierra on the show twice. We have Kim on the show twice, Kim Reeder running for auditor. Uh, really a fantastic slate uh, that uh, are doing this all for the right reasons, but they need your support, right? So here's what you can do. You can, you can, you can join up. Uh, you can support our efforts. Uh, you can, in fact, just click on the link uh, and, uh, and give us a, you know, give us a few hours. Doug and I are going to be canvassing on Saturday. Join us. Uh, like Adriel said, like Adriel's not crazy. She's right. It's fun. It gets to the point where it's actually quite fun to knock on doors and talk to strangers. I know that sounds weird, but that's only because you haven't done it yet. Uh, and uh, Nate's coming out Saturday. It is going to be a big old party. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, democracy at the grassroots level. So I think you should join us. Uh, just click that link right there. Sign up so we can uh, know you're coming. Uh, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll even buy you a free uh, Starbucks beverage of your choice. I mean, uh, it's not that we're like big Starbucks fans. They just, they seem to be kind of everywhere. So wherever we're canvassing, there is one pretty close by. Um, but yeah, so at any rate, I've talked a lot. Uh, let's, 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 let's get out of the, get out of here and get on the phones, get on the doors, do everything you can. Look, if you, if you don't want to talk to strangers, cause strangers are scary. We, you can share a video. Uh, that's, you know, the easy, easiest thing you can do is share a video. We have a perfect video. We have the antidote to all the attack ads, all the negativity we have got, uh, we have got, uh, it's Andy for Kentucky, which Nate Orshan has written. He has performed. He has created the video. I know we've talked about it a few times, but it's been a minute since we've talked about it on this show. So you got, you got to, you got to share the video. Uh, and you know, it's, it's again, that positive uplifting message uh, of, and how important it is that we, uh, that we send uh, or keep Andy Bashir in Frankfurt representing our Commonwealth. So uh, I'll find that and I'll put a, a link in the chat. Um, I mean, Doug, you like that song, right? Oh, I love that song. It gets stuck in your head, but I love it. Absolutely. It's uh yeah, it's an earworm folks. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Nate can play. This is a curveball. I did not give him the heads up that we, we should play the show, play the song, but, uh, but you know, uh, I'll just put the link so you can find it yourself and, and click on it and play it. So, uh, Doug, you want to close this out? Sure. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky secretary of state and organized as a 501c4. We are affiliated with the individual project Commonwealth Alliance voter engagement referred to as CAVE. They're also proud members of the forward Kentucky network. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Make sure to join us next week, November the 8th, where we'll be covering the results of the governors and the other down-ballot races. Production of episode 137 was by our very own Nate Orshan. And thank you, Nate, for the new song and the theme songs. You can find more information and music at NATO Songs. 
If you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook or YouTube, audio podcast, and our show notes are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you do listen to the pod, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening right now. You can go with a four-star, but nothing less than a four-star. Logo and some graphic content provided by Couchfire Media. More information can be found at couchfiremedia.com. Hope to see you next week.